Spirit of God. Wow. Well, the Spirit of God is present in this house today. How many believe it? You know, last week I had an opportunity to speak with you about hope. About hope and where we find that hope. And then last Sunday evening in Las Vegas, a man consumed with evil, overcome with evil, I would say, killed 59 people in a task that that you just, there is no way to even explain it. 59 people dead, hundreds wounded, many of whom are serious, and that doesn't even take into into account all of the, the, the countless people that were affected in those circles of of people that surround each of those victims. The victims that died, the victims that, that were wounded. The, the, it doesn't, it doesn't it, 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 even though it's 2,300 miles away in Las Vegas, Nevada, our neighbor in Jacksonville, Florida, that lives two units down from where we live, daughter was at that concert. Now she's safe, thank the Lord. Although she did inflict a minor injury, from shrapnel, from a, from a gunshot, hit something else and wounded her. Minor wound. 
she's okay. And we thank God for that. But, but, but that's the extent of the reach of this evil that was done. It, it, it impacted my neighbor. And, it, and it's not just that. It's like, what happens after that? What are, what are our mindsets? Do we get into fear? Do we let things, you know, go into, into our mind and make us think about other things? And, and, and I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is because it is so, it, it, it's so much in, encompassed our week. Has anybody read the news or looked on a computer or gone on to Facebook or anything, looked, turned on a television, and not seen this 24 hours a day, basically? It's consumed this nation. And understandably so, it, it, it's, a, it's a big thing, I, and, and it's a, a horrible tragedy. But you know, I'm, not gonna, I'm not here to talk about evil today or why evil things happen. I mean, I touched on that last week. We live in a broken world. We live in a broken world, and, and that's not what this message is about today. But I did want to just talk about it, that here we were last week talking about where is our hope. And our hope is that steadfast anchor to our soul that we sang about today, where we can be behind the veil in the very presence of God. And that hope is in one only, and his name is Jesus Christ. That's our hope. And I believe, I guess the reason I'm even bringing this up is because it is something that many people have been discussing. But the other part of it is, is that it just reemphasizes that there is one place for us to put our trust and our hope, and that is in Him and not of things in this world, because there are things in this world that will let us down, and there are things in this world that will harm us. Because evil is a part of this world. But all I'm going to talk about to you today is something encouraging. There is a day coming where all things will be made new. There's a day coming. <sighs> Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to, to share this thoughts that you've just been putting on my spirit this week. And, 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 and I believe that you have a word for someone and, or some people here today. I ask that every word that's spoken from my mouth is anointed under the power of the Holy Spirit and that what you would have said is, is, is brought forth today in power. Only through what you can do with the Spirit of God resting upon me today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Revelation 21, 1 through 5. If you have your Bible, you can... Turn to that. In case you're not sure, Revelation is the last book in the Bible. The 21st chapter is the next to the last chapter in the book of Revelation. And if you don't have your Bible, we're going to bring it up here on the screen so everybody can follow along with me. So read along with me if you will. You can read silently, but just along with me. And it's in verse 1 we'll begin. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things 
have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Thank you for being here. God bless you. (laughs) If I didn't say anything else, that's a message. That's a message. That I have some thoughts I want to just add to that. There's a lot of wonderful things in Revelation. A lot of wonderful promises. A lot of wonderful just truth. Talk about a couple of them here today. One thing is I'd like to say is that I think we all like new things, right? So if you go out to buy a car... You don't go out looking to buy an old car. Well, what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to go buy an old car. What? I'm not saying sometimes we don't buy used cars or things like that. I'm just saying when we go out, we're not out looking for an old car. Can I get sound with this? I'm going to do that dance here in a minute. Now, would that be the same? How many have seen The Price is Right before? Okay, all right. I always loved that because that was the thing you always had. Man, I wonder if it's going to be a car. I wonder if it's going to be a car because everything always upset a furniture. Oh, you know, patio furniture. But when they say, a new car, everybody goes crazy, right? Now, think about it. What if when they opened the door and the announcer said, an old car? It'd be like what you just did right there. It'd be like. People like new things. We like new things. Houses. So if I go out to buy a house, I'm not going to go with the intention of buying an old house. Now, usually you buy houses that are older, but when people buy, a lot of times they say, well, yeah, no, look at all those shows on TV. Benny, you can name all of them, I know. <laughs> all of those shows on TV where they get an old house, and they there used to be a show called This Old House. There was a house that, you know, you know, it shows down that the house, you buy the house, it's older, it's messed up, they fix it up. But what do they do? They make it, they make it new because nobody wants to live in an old house necessarily. So you're not going to go out and say, well, you're the realtor, you go up and say, well, what, you know, what do you want to look at? I, I want to look at old houses. As old, older the better, right? I want one that doesn't have a roof, that maybe only don't have to have doors on every entrance. You know, if the plumbing works, it's okay, I don't need A.C., that's not what we look for. Usually what we want to do is either get a new house or make a house that may be older, but we're going we're gonna to do something to make it new. Look at this.
if they can see what's been done for us, then anything can happen. I don't know if you noticed that, but when she was screaming and running around, it's sort of hard to hear, she was saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then a couple of times after that, she said, thank you, Father. I don't know if you heard that. That's good that you did. Thank you, Father. That's a believer there, I, I believe. And God bless her for that wonderful opportunity and how God blessed her. You know, but again, if that bus had pulled away and that same old house was there, she'd be like, what, did I get on the wrong show? (laughs) Why? Because we want things that are new. And that's okay. That's a good thing. Look, in Revelation 21, God promises his people new things. And there's three of them I want to talk about here. Now, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if these things started coming into fulfillment as we sang about today soon. Say soon. Soon. I believe it. In verse 1 it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. How many people believe we need a new earth? We need a new earth, and I don't mean because of the things that are out there and and people talking about overpopulation or global warming. I'm not going to weigh in on all that. There's a lot of things that that are out there where the earth, let's face it, this this planet is a finite residence. Whatever that time frame is could be debated, but living here on earth is finite unless something changes because there are just too many things going that way. We need a new earth, and... The reason we do is not because of global warming or overpopulation or this or that or the other, whatever it might be. The reason that we need a new earth is because we collectively as a, as a world community have ruined basically everything that God put in place as perfect. And we did that because of our collective sin. Now, notice how I said our collective sin. I'm not pointing out to any one individual or any group of people or any denomination <laughs> it's, it's the collective sin of the world that has taken what God made to be perfect and has corrupted it. So, yeah, we need a new earth. And so a lot of people say, well, when's that going to be? Well, I think it's going to be, I know it's going to be, first of all, in God's perfect timing. But I believe that's going to be when every person that he has intended to, and I say that intentionally, that God has intended to hear the gospel, when that mark has been made, whenever we reach that point, and the next thing is when the last sin has been committed. Because at that point, there's going to be something that is new about this earth, this planet that we live on. We're going to have a new home, verse 2 says, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. God is going to give us a new place to live. How many are looking forward to that? A new home. This place that I'm talking about is something that Jesus said he's preparing for us. These are the words of Jesus in John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Also, believe in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go 
and prepared a place for you, I will, say will, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Think about that. He's preparing a place for us. It's a new home. And he's saying, if I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And when I do, not if I do, I'm going to bring you into myself so you can be with me and I can be with you. How about that? Hanging out with Jesus. I can deal with that. I can't. That's that's awesome. (laughs) Just to think about it. He's going to give us a new home. He's preparing this place for all of us who put their trust in him for eternal life. Now, there's a caveat there. He's preparing it for all of us who put our trust in him for eternal life. See, God gives us in the human race, all of his creation, he gives us equal access. Okay? But the one thing he doesn't give us is a guaranteed equal outcome. Deathly silent on that. That's true. There's not a guaranteed outcome for all, but there's guaranteed access. There's a guaranteed opportunity. But we have to make that decision. We have to be in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. That has to happen. We have to accept him. We have to believe in our heart. In Romans it says, declare it with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. And if we do that, we are saved. We've got to do that, though. That guarantees the outcome, that acceptance of Jesus Christ. So we all have the opportunity and the access to it. But we can do that, and if we do, we have a new home. We have a new earth coming, we have a new home, and we have a new life. It says in verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, I don't know if you, when you've read this before, if you have. I think about that. A loud voice. I know I'm probably speaking too loud most of the time anyway, but I want to give you an example. Here I am, I'm speaking to you now. Now I'm speaking with a loud voice. Why am I doing that? When I speak with a loud voice, generally, I'm trying to get your attention. If you say something to your child, I, I do this all the time. Jackson, come over here. Jackson, how many times do we do this? I don't even know. Countless. Jackson, of course, when he says the, his first response now programmed in is wait, wait, wait. He's got that word down. Jackson. And then finally it gets like this. Jackson. Jackson. I'm raising my voice. I'm speaking with a loud voice because I want to get his attention. Okay? So as John the Revelator is recording this, it said, I heard a loud voice from the throne. Now, from the throne means that's God speaking to him. God's sitting on the throne. So, and here is what he said. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. No mourning, no crying, no pain. The former things have passed away. You see, that's a new life. That's not what we're going to get up tomorrow and go to work or go about our lives, or even after we leave here today, wherever we may go. That's the life we have here. That's not that. 
What he describes here is something completely different than that. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. Think about that. Just think about that for a moment. I can't. I, I don't have a better illustration for it than what is said right there. So if you look at these things that we experience that are exclusive to this present earth, okay, our, our, our current life here and on this present earth, these things will not be a part of your new life. So he's going to give us a new earth, a new home, and a new life. And here's some of those. Grief. Grief will not be there. How many people have experienced grief in their life? Gone through the process of grief. Loss of a loved one. Loss of a friend. Loss of a family member. Those things can be tough. I mean, sometimes they're sudden. Sometimes they're unexpected. Sometimes they're unexplainable. You get to a point where you, you, you just you feel like, you know, that sometimes I've talked to people who felt this way. That it's just like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to give, give up. I'm ready to quit. I'm, I mean, this, I, I can't explain this. Why does this 17-year-old boy die in a car accident who was a member of this church who came to this youth group? Why did that happen? That's the inevitable question that can't be answered is why. That's tough. And there's grief involved in that. And I mean, many of us have experienced grief from all different aspects of our, uh, of our existence. But grief is not a part of our new life. It's not a part of our new home. Not in our new life. Not in our new home. Grief will not be there. Tears will not be there. How many people who shed tears in times of sadness or, or grief or loss or, or pain or, or difficulty or, or being overwhelmed or depression, whatever it might be, tears are real emotion, not in our new life, not in our new home. Pain will not be there, physical pain, pain that, that afflicts our bodies. It's not going to be there from migraine headaches to joint pain to back pain to, to pain after recovering from things, pain from going through treatments. It doesn't matter. Pain, not in our new home, not in our new life. Hallelujah, that's right. You can, yeah, that's a good thing. How about emotional pain? We don't even think of physical pain we think about. How about the emotional pain that we all have to go through in things? It could be circumstances with your children or your family or things that you're struggling with and don't understand with your grandchildren or whatever it is. There's emotional pain we deal with, not in our new home, not in our new life. See, that is guaranteed to us. No pain. No death. Death is gone. That's out of the equation. See, everything we do in this world today, in this current life in this present earth, we have to organize it around the idea of death. I mean, that's true. Death happens. It happens to suddenly sometimes. It happens when we sort of know it's coming. All various facets of it. But it happens. And it is a real and powerful thing in the lives of people here on earth. At this moment in time, nothing will ever separate God's people from each other again. Nothing will ever separate God's people from one another again. Why? Because death is not a part of our new home, not a part of our new life. Say that. Not a part of our home, not a part of our life, 
not a part of our home, not a part of our life. That's what it is. It's gone. And then there's a promise. A promise. And it's verse 5. And again, referring back to, and he who was seated on the throne said, okay, that's the big man speaking. That's the important words. That means, here we go again. He's seated on the throne, so he's the top person now. He's God. That's him. He wants to get your attention again. When you say, behold, (laughs) that's saying, I I want you to listen to the next part here. Behold. Behold. Like the angel said to the shepherds in the field, watching their flocks by night. Behold. Listen. I am making all things new. I'm not thinking about it or going to do it later. I am making all things new. Listen to me. Behold, I am making all things new. And also he said this, just in case you didn't hear the behold and you didn't know how important it is. John, I'm telling you, write it down. You don't want to forget this. This is important. Write it down, for these words are trustworthy, and they're true. They're trustworthy that he is making all things new. They're true that he is making all things new. Behold, I am, God says, making all things new. So look, we have to live in this world. We do. With all the pain and the difficulty and the struggle and the evil and the shootings and the terrorism and and and, and the and the loss and the grief and the pain and the and the uh, and the tears, all of the things that we talk about, we, we we have to deal with that. But believers, for those of us who have accepted Christ as our personal Savior and who will walk with Him. There is hope. We talked about it last week. There is hope. And that hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. This promise that he is saying, I am making all things new, is different than most promises. How many people have had promises made to them that have not been fulfilled in their life? doesn't matter if it's a small one or a big one. Here's what it is. Sometimes promises are made that can't be fulfilled because they can't do it. They, they can't fulfill it. Just something happens, circumstances happen, they're not able to, to fulfill the promise that they made to you. The other thing is, sometimes people make a promise and they don't fulfill it. They just decide that they're not going to. And it doesn't matter what kind of papers you sign or what kind of contracts are and everything else. The bottom line is, is that a promise is just only about as good as the person's willingness to fulfill it in our lives here on earth. Well, let me tell you something about this promise. Behold, I am making all things new. Write it down, man, because you don't want to forget it. We want to make sure these people 2,000 years can see it because these words are trustworthy and true. They're trustworthy and true. And here's the reason that promise is different. Because it's backed up by the full faith and integrity of the Word of God. And His almighty sovereignty and awesomeness and greatness and purity.
reason why this promise is different, because he can't tell you something that he's not going to fulfill. Well, where did you come up with that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hebrews chapter 6, let's look at it. Two verses before the ones I read last week. Here's what it says. In the same way God, in his, this is the amplified version. In the same way God, in his desire to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable nature of of his purpose, intervened and guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable, immutable, absolutely rock solid, so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to him for refuge would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. Yes, we can have that because we know that God's promise is true. We know that his words are trustworthy and true. We know that it was so important that he wanted to make sure that it was written down that, behold, listen to me, I am making all things new. That day is coming. It's real. See, there is a time that we have to decide. Are we going to see life as impossible? Are we going to see it because of all the difficulties? Are we going to see it because of an unknown out there that we can fear? Or are we going to accept because of the nature of God, because of what we just read in Hebrews 6, 17, and 18? Are we going to accept the promise? Is that what we're going to do? Because, look, God's promise is true. He will make all things new. I'm going to say that again. God's promise is true. He will make all things, He will make all things, God's promise is true, He will make all things new. He will make us spiritually new. He will make us morally new. He will make us physically new and new in our bodies and in our minds. God's promise is true, He will make all things new. See, there's a future promise of God that I've been talking about here and that we're looking at in Revelation. There's a future promise of God making all things new. Some people might say, well, okay, that's the future. That's great. Very, very important, though. (laughs) What we've talked about here is extremely important. But let me say, there's a future promise of God making all things new. And guess what? There's a present opportunity to allow him to make things new in your life today. There is a present opportunity. This isn't about something that's just happening down the road, although that's marvelous and glorious and hard to even impossible, the Word of God says, really to even imagine the, the, uh, the, the, the border of that and, and how you would imagine what he's got. But I know this, there's a present opportunity to allow him to make things new in your life. Every day he can do that. Every day he does that for me. Every day I get up trying to find and look at something that I can do new according to his word. 
that he can reveal something to me new that I can apply to my life. That I can walk with him just a little bit closer the next day because he is making things new, not just for our future, but for our present today. He is a great and marvelous God. He is the author of new. God is new. God is all about new. Everything about God is new every single day. So don't just worry about or think about, rather, the future promise that God has made, which is marvelous and unbelievable and awesome and great and powerful and meaningful. Think about the present opportunity we have in our lives to allow him, if we just will, to make it new every day. He can do that for you if you are willing, but you have to make that choice. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It's from above. It's coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. All the things we talked about here today is a God whose promise was so important that he spoke with a loud voice. He got your attention by saying, Behold, I am making all things new, both in the future I'm going to do it, and I can do it in your life right now if you just let me. That's what he's saying to us today. That's what he's saying to us today. And all of these things can be counted on because we know that his promise, unlike promises made by people in the world through no fault of their own or through an intentional act, don't keep those promises. His promises will be kept because he said, hey, make sure, write it down. These words are trustworthy and true. That's the word of God. That's the promise of God. That's what he wants to do. Would you just stand with me, please, as we bow our heads this morning? God, you are a good God, and we thank you. We thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you today.